Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge by Electrek. I'm Mikey G, and it's Saturday, December 3rd. As you may recall, Tesla had their event for the first deliveries of the semi-truck, and we've combed through the event to find a few more details. On Thursday's Quick Charge, we reported that Tesla was using the semi-truck's 1,000-volt battery system in the Cybertruck as well, allowing the upcoming pickup to charge quickly using semi-truck stations. But there is much more news regarding the semi-truck itself, with some calling it disruptive to the trucking industry. Tesla basically delivered on their original promises made back in 2017, albeit a little bit behind intended schedule. Things happen like COVID, so what can you do? In terms of the technology powering the truck, things have changed since the original prototype, but not in major ways. Tesla is now using a tri-motor drivetrain that is basically the same as the Model S and X Plaid. Dan Priestley, Tesla's semi-program director, explained that Tesla is using one of the motors for cruising speed geared towards peak efficiency at highway speeds, and the other two motors are used for torque when accelerating in order to create a smooth driving experience never before seen in a Class 8 truck. To prove the capacity, Tesla shared a very impressive video of a semi loaded at 82,000 pounds passing a diesel truck on a 6% incline on Donner Pass without the slightest issue. After the event, Elon Musk confirmed on Twitter that the Tesla semi's efficiency was at 1.7 kilowatt hours per mile, which means it has roughly a 900 kilowatt hour battery pack. Regarding the range, Tesla promised 500 miles with a full load, and they delivered on that too. Tesla showed a time-lapse video of a driver doing a fully loaded route from the Bay Area to San Diego. Although since the cities aren't exactly 500 miles from one from another, they had to keep driving a little bit at the end to fulfill that 500 mark. This is a very important milestone for the company, as it was once said that this would never work. Back in 2020, Bill Gates commented on the idea of Tesla's semi-truck, saying, quote, The problem is that batteries are big and heavy. The more weight you're trying to move, the more batteries you need to power the vehicle. But the more batteries you use, the more weight you add, and then the more you power you need. Even with the big breakthroughs in battery technology, electric vehicles will probably never be practical solutions for things like 18-wheelers, cargo ships, and passenger jets. Electricity works when you need to cover short distances, but we need a different solution for heavy, long-haul vehicles. Now, this information came to light at the same time that it was rumored that Bill Gates was shorting Tesla's stock. But back to the truck. With the truck now up and running, Tesla has reiterated that it can achieve a less than 2 kilowatt hour per mile efficiency, which means that trucking companies can achieve up to $70,000 in fuel savings per year, depending on the cost of electricity, of course. Tesla also touted the regenerative braking capabilities, which has been described as a game changer for the trucking industry. Without the need for downshifting maneuvers, and also without relying on friction brakes much at all, Tesla is able to effectively bypass brake checks and runaway ramps with this new technology. A few things were not discussed at the event, and some questions will be uncovered in time one way or another. Tesla has not discussed the price of the vehicle in the last five years, and we have every reason to believe that it has increased. The other thing is the weight of the actual tractor, which is critical since the weight of the tractor dictates the weight of a load, and the load is basically the foundation of the trucking business in their estimates. Tesla only mentioned a total weight of 82,000 pounds, and during the event, they never confirmed the weight of the actual semi or the load capacity. Tesla says that it will roughly have the same capacity as a diesel truck, but diesel tractors have a very wide range from roughly 12,000 to 25,000 pounds. Lastly, 
The anticipated effects of battery degradation was not discussed. If the truck is constantly riding 500-mile trips, how long before that pack degrades past the point of usable service? The 500-mile trip was done in sunny California, and mileage may vary when crossing the Rockies or the Appalachians on a regular basis. We'll have to wait and see. Hyundai has teased a short video of the upcoming Hyundai Ioniq 5N line, as in November line. This is the performance version of the company's vehicle. Not a whole lot of concrete information, but trying to wade through the marketing is a little frustrating. One of Hyundai's newest technologies is called the ETVTC, which they describe as, quote, a faster reacting torque vectoring technology that matches the instant torque of an EV fending off the understeer. In another move, Hyundai appears to be adding shifting and noise generators to mimic the feeling of a gas car. They call it N-Sound and N-E-Shift. Although Hyundai doesn't release specific powertrain specs as of yet, it's likely to match the new Kia EV GT. With 577 horsepower and a 0-62 acceleration in 3.5 seconds. Ford has released its U.S. auto sales for November, and although electric vehicle sales were up over 100% year-over-year for the fifth straight month, gas-powered car sales remain to slide. Ford expanded its EV market share by around 2% in November, claiming 8.6%. It is our opinion at Electrek that Ford's November sales portray the broader trend in the U.S. and global auto industry that is undergoing. As a matter of fact, the new report from S&P Global Mobility highlights this trend, showing the drivers are buying brands that have been early leaders in the EV era. Let's hope this keeps going. Volkswagen Group CEO Oliver Bloom recently shared that the company is actively searching for a home for its first battery cell factory in North America. He actually went on to say that Canada specifically is one logical option. Under the current tax credits, the Volkswagen ID.4 qualifies for up to $7,500 in tax credits, but that will change in one month thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act. Since the ID.4 is assembled in the U.S., it could still qualify for some portion of the credit, but either the battery components or the critical materials must come from the U.S. or a free trade partner. A mere week after the president signed the Inflation Reduction Act, Volkswagen announced a supply agreement with a Canadian government to obtain raw materials for battery manufacturing in the U.S. But now, it appears that they are taking it a big step forward by establishing another facility in the United States, or Canada, or Mexico, to actually produce the batteries. Many European automakers have cried foul at the revised tax credit terms, but the legislation intention has actually come to pass, with more EV manufacturing being announced day after day. Volkswagen has teased its second-generation ID.3 model ahead of its spring debut in 2023. They revealed new details along with interior and exterior sketches. After ending production of the e-Golf in 2019, Volkswagen set course on a new path, introducing the first member of their all-electric ID series, the ID.3. During the first official year on the market, it gathered over 144,000 orders in Europe. The new ID.3 upgrades will feature sharpened exterior design, improved tech and software, and a focus on sustainability. It'll also be equipped with over-the-air software updates, plug-in charge, and the latest generation of fully integrated assist systems like Travel Assist with Swarm Data and Park Assist Plus with Memory Function. Okay, it is opinion time, or rather story time. Not like news story, but like 
gather around the campfire, I'll tell you a story. For some reason, Tesla uninvited a YouTuber who went to cover the Tesla Semi event. I'm not going to mention names, but a known and overtly positive Tesla reporter slash YouTuber who's had great coverage and interviews and stories in the past, they went to the event and they were definitely on the list to go. When they arrived, sure enough, they were on the list, but the bouncers at the event knew their name ahead of time and told them that they could not get in. They wound up turning around and driving back to the hotel, dejected and confused. Why Tesla did this is up for endless speculation, but as many have noted, it doesn't take much to fall out of the good graces of Tesla, Musk, and especially the zealots in the ardent fanbase. In today's community comment found on YouTube, there was a lot of discussion on the topic of Tesla's North American charging standard plug. The comparisons to VHS and Betamax sprouted up, as expected. May it rest in peace, the superior tech that lost to the underdog. But one key difference with the Betamax was that it was owned and controlled by Sony, and the Tesla connector is now open season. It might be too late, but it might be enough to make some companies make the change. Aptera has. But another person in the comment section pointed out that other smaller vehicles like motorcycles would really do well to have a smaller connection point in their precious vehicle to save precious weight. And I definitely agree. It's so small that you might even be able to hook it up to an electric bike. That would be quite fun indeed, although it may be dangerous if you charge it too fast. Then again, you need a pretty good bike to get from one Tesla charger to another if you're doing a cross-country trip or something like that. If you're around town, it'd probably be just a fun science experiment. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Thanks for watching Quick Charge by Electric. I'm Mikey G, and I hope you have a great day.